Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you and welcome. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God, Prayer Line Live Christian Podcast. We would like to send a special thank you to Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Podbean, Audible, Player.fm Podcast, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. These are platforms in which you can join in and listen to the message as it goes forth. We just want to thank God for allowing us to be able to share his good news. Uh, So please join us. And now let us get back to the message. God bless. Lord, 
sharing it, willing to share it with others as they cross our paths and as we encounter them. God, this is our prayer today. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead this morning and get uh, into the teaching this morning. Amen. We're going to pick up our study this morning again back in the book of First John chapter 4. Amen. And we're going to jump on verse 15 this morning. Or we're going to study. We're going to study verse 15. We finished up verse 14 yesterday, both of the precepts of verse 14. And we're still looking at this test that, that, that is upon us of loving one another. Amen. And so verse 15 of the first book of John chapter 4, it reads, uh, Whosoever shall, and A, confess that Jesus is the B, Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he is in God. And this is a great promise that the, that the, that the person who acknowledges Christ lives in God and God in him. Now, we went over this portion yesterday. We gave all the verses, all the scripture references of part eight by that confession that Jesus is, you know, the son of God. We dealt with that yesterday. We went over several scripture references. So now we're going to deal with part B of the scripture, okay, uh, the precept B. Uh, I love teaching by, you know, book and, and verse and precept upon precept, which is how the scripture tells us we should teach Anyway, that helps us to just better understand the word when you break it down in, 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 in the precepts uh, down to the lowest scale, or you can get right down to individual words and names and things. But we're going to deal with precept B here where it says the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. That's a, that's the second part of the scripture. Yesterday we dealt with whoso shall confess that Jesus is. Okay. And so this morning we're going to deal with B, which is talking about Christ, the Son of God, that dwelleth in him, you know, and he in God. And so that's that's the that's the Christ there we're talking about. That's that's the that's the uh we're gonna talk about his divinity. This is what separates him from any other God, is that he's divine. That means that nobody created him. Okay, he uh, the Bible said in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So that makes him divine. He's a divine being. Okay, he, he's preeminent. He, he's supernatural. He's miraculous. You know, he's angelic. He's all of those things. Okay, and so he he's not like man. He, he's very divine. Okay, meaning meaning, you know, it, 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 it's this super. It's just it's, it's out of this world. You know, nothing in this world you can compare him to. He's above. Okay, he's beneath. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. You know, he he's all knowing. He's all powerful. He is eternal in the heavens, you know, he's a necessity, you know. And so we, we, we're going to deal with that part of him this morning. And when you think about the name Jesus, when we confess the Son of God, he says confess that Jesus. So that name is divine, okay? This is why we pray sometimes for your divine intervention, your divine help, you know, your divine restraint, because we need something to come from out of this world that's all-powerful, all-knowing. Okay, all benevolent, you know, all present, you know, to be able to come and help us, amen. So so we're going to deal with that today, you know, that name Jesus, that Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. We're going to talk about his divinity, uh, which is backed up and proven by his name. His name is even divine, you know. The Lord is the one told his mother, call his name Jesus, you know. I mean, he, that, so that's not a name that man gave him. 
Hey, Mary and Joseph didn't come up with that name. That name came straight from the Father. They called his name Jesus, called him Emmanuel, called him God with us. You know, he fits all of that. He even told me, who, who should I say to me? Tell him I am that I am. You know, setting him aside from anything else that he can be compared to. That, that, that establishes his divinity right there. Name above every name we say, scripture say. Okay, only name I was making me say. I love the preface there, only name. You know what I'm saying? Set aside, you know, you know, no other name. Men can be saved. That makes them his name divine. Why? He's the son of God. He is the son of God. Okay? He is the personification of God. That when you see him, you see the Father. So they're one and the same. Okay? He does not try to replace the Father. He's the personification of the Father. He's the manifestation of the word of God. Okay? And so that makes him divine, makes his name divine, makes everything he do divine. And we're talking about the Son of God here. We're not talking about some some priest or some king out there in, in Arabia somewhere. You know, we're not talking about some dictator, some totalitarian. You know, we're not talking about any no president, you know, no queen, no king and in England and London. No, we're not talking about any of that stuff right there. That's so many levels down from his preeminence. You know, but sometimes people put them up so high like they can't live unless the queen, unless the president, unless somebody, oh, they got the most powerful person in the world. No, they're not. Jesus is. God, God established that. Stop putting people up on these pedestals. Stop putting all your faith and confidence in these people. They they don't have no divine ability. <clears throat> Only Jesus. So we're gonna look at that part of his divine his divinity or his divine name. Um, you know that that we confess, that we learned yesterday how important it is to confess that name because that's the Son of God, okay? And God dwelleth in him and he in God. When we start taking on that confession, okay, the Lord begins to identify with where that, that, that individual, where that confession is coming from. You're on our way to being saved. Remember the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, where you confess the Lord Jesus Christ, take with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first uh, thing that gets his attention. Now we got to go ahead on and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Now we locked in. Now we got to go through conversion to learn more about his divinity, learn more about the potential we have. Can't just stop there. But that name just keeps revealing. Every time you do something in the name of Jesus, he says every time you, your hands find something, to do it all in the name of Jesus. More and more revelation starts to come. You know, more and more. Remember what he said? You're going to be able to do those thoroughly printed and prepared for every good work. It's not automatic. You know, we got to be able to be corrected when we did something wrong. We got to know what that wrong was, you know. So we just got through Sunday talking about all these warnings that God's people Israel did and how we're doing them too. And the warnings are out there, and we need to correct us, amen. You know, we're not going to be able to do anything in the name of Jesus Christ that we're dragging around waiting and sin. You know, that's like, you know, having the knowledge but denying the power. You know, power to free us, power to set us free. It's in the gospel. That's the power of God in the salvation for all who shall believe it. How can they believe it that they hear? And how can they hear that they be a preacher sent from God? So 
let's go in here now and, and deal with some scripture references to kind of like broaden this out a little bit and, and, and reveal some more to us from the scripture. Again, we're going to be using some of the same uh, apostles that we read, read in the other portion about the confession. We're going to go back and look at what Matthew had to say, what Luke had to say. Uh, you know, when you look at these gospels, uh, some of them have more to say about one particular dimension of him than others, but they're all saying the same thing, okay? They're talking about the same Jesus. They're confessing the same Jesus. They're talking about the divine name of the same Jesus, okay? And so let's look at Matthew. We're going to look quite a bit at Matthew here to get us started this morning. Uh, he just had a different perspective. If you remember him, you know, he, you know, he, was, a, he, was, he, was, he was a tough guy. But the Lord warned him over. He wasn't a mean, malicious guy. He just had his little tricky way, you know, he had to take from the people, you know. But, you know, the Lord called him, you know. It's like he calls us, changed his life. So let's see what his perspective is about this divinity, about this divine name, about this Son of God, Jesus. Uh says here in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verse 15 of King James Bible. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. Okay? Now you think about that. Okay? It says, it says, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets. Now we went over all these prophets. We, we, we particularly talked about Isaiah, who prophesied over in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. Also in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, you know, of the King James Bible, where they were not, he was not the only prophet that prophet, prophesied about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you look at this, he says, spoken and called out of, out of Egypt have I called my son. Now, you have to understand, you're talking about generations came down to 14 generations because if you remember Moses, remember all this started back then. And so if you begin to track the generations, you'll see the lineage, how Jesus came, okay, right out of, right out of Egypt, okay? Right out of Egypt. You start to see when God spoke and, and, and he sent them a Messiah. Remember Moses kept going and telling them to let God's people go. You began to see the transition taking place because the crowds of people had come up to God. They needed a Savior. And now what did you think was happening while they was in captivity? Word kept coming to them. I remember Moses kept, you know, once Moses figured out who he really was, but, what, but why did Moses' mother take Moses and hide him in that basket and put him in that water so he could be found? It looked like that was her keeping her son safe. But when you look at the bigger picture, no, God was calling his son even then. He was calling him even then. He was making preparation because the crowd of people had come up. It was divinely done that God would preserve him the way he preserved him because that was going to be part of the beginning of God freeing his people and, and getting them ready to receive the Messiah down through all those generations. Okay, so God was calling him, he was calling him even then. He was calling forth his son even then. Because Moses kept going, 
And once, once Moses figured out his, his his purpose was bigger than just working and, and going to school and Pharaoh's camp to becoming, you know, the, the, the next to be in charge of Pharaoh. It was something going on in Moses' heart, man, when he saw how they were treating his his people. You know, Moses killed one of them Egyptians. I said to myself, well, I wonder what sparked, what happened inside of his heart, his spirit, that caused him, man, to see what was happening and to react the way he reacted. And what I came up with, and this is me now, y'all might see something different. I believe the Christ-likeness in him, the seed in him kicked in. And when I started thinking about his mother and all those who were in bondage in Egypt, how did they get there? Because they, you know, the people that bought them and put them in slavery, they were, they were, they were Christian people. They were God's chosen people. But they had a relationship with God. And now they were brought into slavery because of that relationship. So God was already working his plan through them before they got brought into bondage. But some of them was rebellious. Some of them, you know, God was trying to teach them the importance of recognizing who he was. That I'm the, I'm the divine son of God. I'm not like the natural person. And now they're paying the price. But God is going to rescue them and get them out of there. But they're going to need a savior. And so God got to set this thing up so that he gets all the glory for saving his people. He's going to do work that nobody else could do. And it's beginning right now as we see God calling him out of Egypt, you know. You know, because he was always with his people. Remember, he's omnipresent. He had never forsaken them or abandoned them, even though he was chasing them and chastising them for some things they had did. But they were always God's people. God was always going to rescue them. But they just needed a savior. Moses was not their savior, but Moses was going to be the one God was going to use to tell them about the about their savior, about the, the Messiah. Remember, Moses said, well, 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 "Well, who am I going to tell them sent me here? I am that I am. I'm the divine Son of God. There's nobody like me. You know, you you up on the mountain, you see a bush burning man, and a voice starts speaking out of it, and it's telling you what to do. Take your shoes off the ground, stand on holy ground. Don't even look at me." See, that's the divinity right there, you know. And so he was he was actually called out of Egypt, you know, through all these generations to rescue, to save his people from bondage, you know. And so we're beginning to look at now this, this, this divinity beginning to take shape here, you know. And so out of Egypt have I called my son, okay. Um, the prophet has spoke of it, though. I believe the prophets had spoke of it because they were inspired of God well before. You know, we say things that were foretold, you know, some things that are being manifested now, some things that are going to be manifested in the future. But the, but, for, the, for the Egyptians, as well as God's people that was in bondage, okay, that was this, this writing right here, this teaching right here from Matthew at that time to that congregation those were the future generations of what had happened with their forefathers. And he's bringing it back to them. He's reminding them of what, what was prophesied. Because they're probably right now caught up in their own philosophy, caught up in their own tradition, what their own beliefs are. And here Matthew, man, you know, he gets the revelation here, man. He's sharing with them. You know, he's recalling it to them. He, he, he's not reinventing the wheel, per se. He's just telling the man what he learned what he's coming to the knowledge of. And it's all based on, you know, the truth as the prophets foretold. 
because it's important that when he was teaching these people, man, you know, mixed congregation of people, you got some people that was Jews, you got some that was Gentiles, you got some Hebrews, you got some Aramaeans, you got, you got, you know, got, you got different tribes of people here who have probably been taught different things about, you know, about their culture, about their gods, about their system of worship. So all this got to be pointed back to Jesus, the son of God, you know, and have them tossed to and fro to everywhere in the doctrine. So it just so happened, Matthew now, who have had that personal experience, who have been taught some things, some of it directly by Jesus, some of it inspired by him, some of it, you know, inspired to him by the Holy Ghost. He's right now speaking under the power of the Holy Spirit. Just like when Moses had that inkling that something was wrong with the way that man was killed. I believe that was the Christ that woke up in Moses. I believe that was the starting of change for Moses. He was no longer that little baby now. He was he was kept for that reason right there. To feel that way about harsh treatment toward innocent people. See, that's God. He said that that you do to the least of them, you do also unto me. I believe that was the God in Moses right there. I believe that's what he was preserved and kept for right there. I believe he was going to be instrumental in the deliverance of, of, of God's people, but also instrumental in keeping it before the people. But Moses always went to the people and told them what God had promised them a Messiah. It was hard for them to believe it because they were under such harsh punishment. But see, the, 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 the divine help of God would show up when God wanted to. We can't rush it. He, he provides divine help divine intervention, divine deliverance, divine restraint. All these things became in play in Egypt. We restrained Pharaoh when nobody else could, you know? He protected them coming out and went all the way across the, the Red Sea. He protected them in the wilderness. It was divine. Remember the pillar, fire, by day, he protected them, guided them, fed them, divine provision, manna from heaven, 12 or 30 days, so much in that name, but he called them, his son, called them right out of Egypt when they was going through, who do I tell them sent me, I am that I am, let my people go so they can go worship me. And so again, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, the King James Bible, he says, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We're very familiar with this. This is John now. He's on the scene, voice crying in the wilderness. He's out there preaching and teaching. And what happens? If you if you move forward a little bit from where we were just at, you know, this is this is the progression here. This is this is the progression. They're out of Egypt now. Now, you know, you see. Years have passed, time has passed. We're moving forward now. The prophets are being, the prophecies are being fulfilled. You know, the messianic prophecies about the Messiah are being fulfilled. Now let's see what the voice right here that Matthew references. Somebody, somebody, you know, John the Baptist. You know, he's in his ministry now. He's walking in his ministry now. But again, he is not the one. Just like Moses was not the one. He was just one that God used. Now here we got John on the scene, that voice crying in the wilderness. Let's see what John say. And John's going to tell you in his testimony, he said, hey, there is one coming after me. Yeah. You know, it was the same one Moses 
was, was telling him about. I am that I am. So let's, let's see what he says here. He says, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Talking about the divine one, the Christ. You know, as he's, as he's baptizing him. Now we see that the heaven windows are open over this particular spot, this particular water that he's baptizing him. And he hears this voice. You know, he hears this voice. And this voice now speaks and says, this is my beloved son. In other words, this is my divine son. This is my son. This is this is my only begotten son in whom I am well pleased. Now, you got to understand here, this is at the moment that Jesus Christ, the son of man, also the son of God, packaged all in one right here, has completed every worldly task. He has fulfilled everything that was prophesied about him that man had to go through this was the last act to seal the deal being baptized in water and as he's baptized and coming up out of that water to, to, to seal the deal here you know this voice from heaven God's voice speaks about Jesus you know why he's divine because God approves of him finishing every task, everything in temptation that we were going to be tempted with. He fulfilled it so that the law no longer can have strength and power against God's people. Even if they bring somebody to them and say, hey, they violated the law. They, they were found in the adultery with five men. Remember, it just so happened to be Jesus, he, you know, kneeling down there writing on the ground when they brought the woman. Didn't say nothing about themselves, but they spoke about her. She had to have been in the calling to go with somebody. But as you can see here, it's beginning to unfold that what was so distinguished about Jesus when they bought him, they probably had bought people to people before to the high priest of the elders, and they put him in jail. And you remember Paul now, Paul rest rest folks talking about Jesus. So there was others that they probably had used that trick on before. But now Jesus is a different kind of, he's a different kind of person. There ain't running no games on him. He's too, he's all knowing. He knows what's in the heart of man. See, this is the divineness of him. This is the divinity about him. He's not like everybody else. He's not trying to save faith. He's trying to do the will of his father. That's that's the distinguishing difference. That's why God approved of him because he knew he could trust Jesus. He knew he could trust the one who had fulfilled the law. He knew he could trust the one who never sinned. He knew this about his son. You know, and that, that's, that's the difference in the son of God and the son of people out there, you know. We elevate and put titles on and all that. They don't got no divine power to free you from nothing, save you from nothing. They don't know your thoughts before. They be guessing most of the time because there's no divinity on them, in them. And so he said that voice, man, you know, spoke from heaven. You know, I don't believe the voice of God be speaking to some of these elevation mm-hmm. services, telling the people that, hey, that's my servant, that's my, I approve. It's just, just people doing that. And we're seeing that more and more they're chasing titles, they're not chasing God. Jesus right now said his will is always do the will of him to send him. He's trying to prove to his father that, hey, I'm born of you, father. I know you, father. I'm going to do your will to the end, father, because I'm glorified back with you. Some of these shysters out here, man, they ain't got a clue. They think they got some power. 
What did the Bible say? There's no authority that be that God didn't allow it to be. And they don't give God no credit. No credit for his authority. They just take for granted it. It's in this title that I wear. Why people chase title? They think there's some magical, supernatural, divine power in a title. No. Moses was not the one. John was not the one. Bishop, your favorite bishop, is not the one. It's God's son. The power for salvation is in his son's name, Jesus. Your name is not the same as his name. We're called by his name, okay? But we're not his name. We do work that he did in his name, but we're not the name. The power's in his name. And so he said, whatever our hands find to do, we do it all in that name. Why, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power to save. There's power to heal. There's power to deliver. There's power for breakthrough. There's power for whatever we need to do if we do it in the name of Jesus. Why? Because there is supernatural right divine power in that name. It's the name that was given to him above every name. And it's an approved name, Pastor Jeremy. Yes, it is. The Father said that. Mm-hmm. By God's son. In the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 29, the King James Bible, that's the agreement with what Matthew got a lot to say, y'all. And he says, And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee? Jesus, the name again, thou son of God, art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And you gotta remember, they went to the other side. You got all these demons that are possessing this this, this person out there in, in tombs. We know we we know the episode. I won't call it a story. It's really a real it's real life stuff that happened to this person. But out of all the people that accompanied Jesus, the one person, these these, these legions of, of whatever was in this person possessing him, recognized Jesus, came on that had nothing to do with Jesus. It's amazing to me, and, and when you read that text, how those demonic influences of spirit that was had this person possessed have more recognition of Jesus and his divinity than people who say that they are called of God and sent of God. It, 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 it just, it's amazing to me. That all them people in that boat, they probably knew those people. Probably was related to some of them. Probably once upon a time lived down in the in the in the in the, in the township with them. Now they got to go out there in the tomb because they probably was people probably put them out there and said don't come back because they thought they were crazy. They didn't recognize and discern that they were demon possessed. But here's here's what was so amazing. They may not have recognized that the person was demon possessed and did not know how to cast them out. But the demons recognized who Jesus was and that he could cast them out. You come here to torment us? You come here to get us out of this person? We like it being in this person. This house was swept clean one time, but they didn't put nothing in it, so we just came back for seven times worse, more evil than before we left. And we have multiplied and we've invited more relatives. We, we, we done took over this person's body. So what do you come to do, Jesus? See, 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 Matthew, he uses this because he's in the boat. 
when they went to the other side first, you know? He's got an eyewitness account. He's seeing the divinity of Jesus. He's seeing how these demons are responding to Jesus. They fear Jesus. Man don't fear. Demons fear him, but we don't. The Bible said when Jesus sent them 35 pairs of disciples out to witness and told them what to take with them, no script, no purse, no coat. You just go in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said when they went in that name, demons trembled at that name. Demons trembled at that name. It's something about the name of Jesus. It said demons trembled at that name because when the disciples came back and gave their report, gave their summary, they said, my God, demons trembled in your name. They were amazed. And I hear, hear Matthew, you got to remember that he, he's an eyewitness too. This is why all these apostles, man, I, I, I just, apostles, original apostles, eyewitnesses, they saw this stuff. That's why we, there's no greater foundation that can be laid than that, that of those eyewitnesses. All these other folks grabbing these titles, man, ain't witness nothing. They don't even read the Bible, I don't believe. They Google sermons and all, you know, you get books out there, matter not with sermons, and a lot of them doing that. You see a book, they have their sermons, ministers' sermons, pastors' sermons. I don't seen it. I don't have no problem with that because I'm studying the word. And the people who sit on that, we learned the other day, they say, you know, come away from them. Get away from them. I think Pastor Sherry did, gave you that scripture in, in her comment and in her word of encouragement. <clears throat> you know. But here it is, man. Matthew, I witness. Look, look at what he's saying here, you know. You know, he, 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 he's saying, hey, every whole, they cried out saying, what have we to do with these Jesus? You know, with the Jesus. And pay no attention to nobody else in the boat. They didn't fear nobody else in the boat. You should never fear what man can do to you anyway. That's what the Lord said. Some people are afraid of a bishop or a I don't want the bishop to call me out. I don't want the pastor to call me out. Some folks got anointing on them. I ain't want to fall dead. You can't trust God's anointing. You can't do God's talking no harm. See, we, we just have to adapt to this conversation where we just say stuff, you know. But we don't recognize that these people, man, are empty spectrum. They just found them brass and, you know, tradition, you know, talking loud, ain't saying nothing. But now these demons, man, they saying something. They saying, oh, nothing to do with you, Jesus. You, you, you divine. You the son of God. You got power. We feel it right now, you know. We don't want to be tormented by you. Tell us what to do. We don't want to be tormented. They recognize it. And Matthew is telling the people that, you know, hey, look, y'all don't recognize Jesus. But the demon, the demon possessed, the demons and the demon possessed person, they recognize Jesus. They don't want to have nothing to do with him. If you really know him, you know, if you really know him. And they said, hither to torment us before the time. I thought that was an interesting caption there, before the time. What time? You know? What time? You know, before the time, before they were ready to stop, you know, tormenting this person, using this person. Because they got to remember now, everybody was afraid of this person. It's generact, they call him in the Bible. An evil possessed person is what that is that lived out there in the tombs. I don't think he, he wasn't born in the tombs. Some kind of way, he ended up being an outcast and driven into tombs. Just like people, homeless people out in the street right now. 
just like a situation a lot of folks find themselves in because the world has turned their back on them. And they're, they're falling on hard times. And poverty has just taken over. But this person right here, man, probably was in the same boat, but he decided to go into tombs. And, and they probably would not finish using him to scare people. To create fear because their people were very afraid. They were afraid for Jesus. They was in the boat with Jesus. Jesus just going forth and afraid of nobody. They probably was telling Jesus, you can't go to that. That person is crazy. He's demon possessed. But Jesus said, them the ones I came to seek and to save. They lost to the world. I, I got to save them. You know, I came to save them before time. See, this thing want more time to scare more people to create fear. And Jesus said, no, this is the day of salvation unto the Lord. I'm getting rid of them demons out of him today. They gonna leave. I'm I'm here now. The Savior done showed up. Come on, I'm getting ready to release some divine power on this situation and cast these demons out. And they're they're gonna go. Who Legion, Legion. He said, "Hey, you got to go. Come out, go now." Bible said them things ran down that man into the swines and died. That's that name, see. Power in that name. So let's go a little further before we bring this in. In the book of Matthew, we're still in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 33 of the King James Bible. And I want you to keep in focus here what we're talking about. We're talking about the power that we have to use the name of Jesus and the power in the name of Jesus. Everything we do, we pray, we teach, everything we do, we do it in the name of Jesus. We get the result that he promised. Don't care what it is, who it is, where it is. It says, then they that were in the ship, here we go, came and worshipped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. When you with witness and act like that, that'll make a believer out of you. There are some acts and some things God want to do in the name of his son Jesus. That's why I told y'all the Lord began to reveal to me a long time ago. You just prove who I am to you. You don't have to prove who I am to nobody. I will do that because nobody can do it the way I do it. You might mess it up, man. But I'm, I'm going to do it the right way so I can get the I can get the right effect. You just make sure you do it. You go. You do it in the name of Jesus. Remember that the disciple went out in the name of Jesus. And demons trembled at that name. Now here it is, these people that went across the, across the other side with Jesus in the boat. Look at what's happening there. This signifies to me, Pastor Sherman, that they went over there with speculation. They didn't know what they were going to see, what they were going to encounter, what they were going to do. They probably were shaking in their boots. Some of them probably, you know, did not want to go. Some of them probably trying to find a place to hide in that boat because they knew what was over there in them tombs. They knew that generite was over there. Demon possessed with them legions. But see, when Jesus is on board, there's nothing to fear. We learned that when Peter jumped out of the boat and Jesus told him to walk from him, he became afraid. He was on the water and he sank. And the Lord, hit, the Lord saved him. The Lord helped him. And Jesus helped him, saved him. He didn't drown. The Lord will bring you through the water. He'll bring you through the fire. You know? He ain't going to let nothing harm you if you're doing his will. And here it is, man. Look at the effect what he did with these demons. Look what look at the effect it had on them them unbelievers. Just that one act, that supernatural, divine intervention, 
and if that got a right life, look what it said. <laughs> I love it, man. They went from being scared to pieces to not falling down and worshiping him. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Nobody can do these things but the Son of God sent from God. Mm. We done seen everybody else, you know. Even our elders, even the priests, even our bits, they, they ain't got this kind of power and authority over demons. We see it for ourselves now. We are witnesses. This is why they wrote about it. All these him books, these folks right telling you not to get rid of them because it ain't biblical. Mm. They wrote about this for our learning. Because this is biblical. That's in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 32, the King James Bible. Okay, let's go here one, one or two more verses. In the book of Matthew, chapter 17, verse 5, the King James Bible. But Matthew can't let this testimony go, man. He, he, he teaching it to them, that congregation. He says, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So now here's God speaking again directly. He said, Hear ye him. He sent from me. He, he bringing my message. And we know what Jesus went about in the synagogue teaching. He said, The words that I'm teaching you, they're not my own. They're words that my father gave me to come and teach you. He wanted to establish his kingdom among you. And you go look over there in the book, fifth chapter of the book of Matthew, you know, the verses one all the way through. It talks about those be attitudes. Here is the attitude you should have. Here is the attitude you should be. Here's what you should be doing. And he gave a whole list of things that's straight from the Father. You read the book of Matthew, chapter 5, start with verse 1. It tells you the attitude that should be in Christian. And he says, hear, hear ye him. You know, hear ye him. They hear everybody else. Got my favorite bishop, my favorite apostle. You know, my favorite this, my favorite that, you know. But God said, when are you going to start hearing him, my son? His voice, what he got to say. Okay? Now let's just get one account here of Luke and John, and then we're going to wrap it up. In the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 35 of the King James Bible says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now we know this encounter is Mary Magdalene, mother of Jesus. How she became impregnant, voice spoke to her. She kept it in her heart until that time for her to reveal it. But it was always there. When she went that morning to check, to be sure, years later, it was based on what was told to her then in her heart. She just, just kept it there. And then to see him on the cross and now to see everything that had been prophesied, everything that he had said, being it fulfilled. You know. This is the Son of God. She, she began to feel like she was favored of God to be chosen for such a task to give birth to our Savior, the Son of God. And then the angel spoke to her. She's highly favored. That's why God chose her. Little 16, 14, 16-year-old girl. Inspired the joke. Picked out by God. To bring forth the Son of God. Last verse in the book of John. Chapter uh, 3, verse 18. says this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. 
but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so we're going to end right there. That's verse 18. Very clear. We use it all the time. We can't deny that name. We can't deny that there's something divine about it. If we do, Bible said we're already condemned. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning, Lord God, for the lesson this morning, what we've heard your voice say to us through the word this morning. We understand now that there's something special about the name of Jesus. We understand that he is the Son of God sent from you, God. We understand that he's divine protection that we need, divine healing, divine supernatural miracles take place. He, he's the name which we cast out demons. He's the name that we go forth and demons tremble at his name. He's the name. He's the voice, God. He's the name of the behind the voice that said, this is my beloved son of whom I'm well pleased. And so, Father, I pray that everything we do from this day going forward, that we remember to do it all, that they are incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you now for, for teaching us this name, the power that's in this name. We thank and praise you now, Lord God, for those who are going to bow to this name and confess this name to be saved, Lord God. His finished work on the cross is done in the name of Jesus to the glory of the Father. So we thank you now that we embrace this name for this power in the name of Jesus. Power to save, power to heal, power to deliver, power to set captives free. So Father, we thank you today in the name of Jesus. We pray this prayer for the God above who we are praying that we show great and mighty things in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. And amen. All right, then we're gonna go right into the Comments this morning. We'll start with Pastor Sheriff Bob and Pastor Sheriff Stephen. So on.